Hello. Hi, Sean. <laughs> Hi, Julie. So, how are you? Good. Hi, Julie. Hey, how that, are you? That's Doug and Jen's here. Yeah, so you're on the podcast. Julie, I got you on my podcast. Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who've traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. He's got a guitar with him today, so we can do the song first and we, then talk to him about the song. We have the legendary Sean Tobin with I know. us. Legendary. Have you ever been called that before, Sean? I have not. Okay. I think I got to get a little closer here. <laughs> the le- well, once you, yeah, once you lose the guitar, it'll be easier, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Right. But Sean Tobin from Asbury Park is here. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, he and I got to chat before you got here. Yeah, I was running late today. And I'm so sorry. we're going to probably have to rehash some of that, Sean. Once I, we I'd start like to know when was the board walk on fire actually uh <laughs> this was the day that uh we finished recording dreams and black caffeine back in 2019 the boardwalk was on fire in Ocean yeah. grove that i mean it's a great name for a band it yeah. is so yeah we were driving through town and everything was covered in smoke and the boardwalk was literally on fire what's interesting about asbury though on days when the boardwalk isn't on fire mm-hmm. there's a fair amount of smoke wafting around no matter what well that's something <laughs> got legalized uh, <laughs> a while back. and luckily neptune is right down the road yeah so that worked out pretty well. Hey, Diane, we have a new sponsor today. I'm very excited <laughs> to share with you. It's is. Asbury Podiatry and Pretzels. <laughs> Fix your feet and have a treat. You can reach them at 732 We Eat One. Asbury Podiatry and Pretzels. Fix your feet and have a treat. So, welcome to Asbury Podiatry and Pretzels. They are joining the, uh, the stable. Of uh, fine sponsors, of uh, yes. businesses waiting to reach out to dozens, if not hundreds, of uh, Asbury Park Five listeners. I love but it. I got to tell you, when we when we hit super big, our prices are going to go through the roof. I love so, it, Strong. Awesome. You have your guitar with us, so yes. let's start us off. Let's let's set the pace of today's uh, podcast with a uh, performance. You got it. You got it. Uh, this this song is called Hail the Carpenter. It comes out uh, as we record this next week. So... Sitting on the front porch Made of cedar A cigar in his hand Mulling over decades Like monuments Scattered across the land And the smoke just sat around him Like a child That couldn't get enough Take another pop He said I built the end of 80 And paved the way from here to Golden Gate 
And I built that chase in it And the house is all across the garden state So hail the word Hail the Douglas fir Carpenter Well he hasn't worn necktie since retiring back in 1984 Living on his savings social and his pension from the court In a trailer Somewhere high up in the hills Dealing games of Oldham Solitaire Reminiscing thrills He said I built the end of Haiti And paved the way from here to Golden Gate You know, Diane, one day I'm going to be talented, too. I'm working on it. Oh, sorry. Where did you go? I don't know. I think you've turned your mic off. Oh, wait. Did I? Yeah. Oh, wait. There you are. Hello. Oh, sorry there I am. That. Oh, my gosh. That was so amazing. Wonderful job. You know, the sound you can get out of a nice Martin. What a nice oh guitar gosh, that is, right? right? I know. I can't go back. I can't. I can't. No. I used to play it. Uh, being I won't say what brand. I used to play something else. Mm-hmm. No, I have, I have. My Martin's made in Mexico, but it's, yeah. uh, it's a nice guitar to have. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, you know, that song really painted a picture in my mind. You, you, you strike me as, um, you know, just really a song, you know, like a song or a storyteller, I should say. 
you know, just like a, uh, I don't know, it just really paints the picture. So I feel like I go through a story as you're singing. And tell us the background on that story or on that song. Yeah, so I wrote that song. Uh, I wrote that song for my grandfather, um, my late grandfather, Jack Tobin. Um, he was a carpenter. He was a business agent for Passaic County um, and a lifelong tradesman. So it's just kind of a uh, just a legacy for him that I wanted to write. And then in writing it, um, I found some connections between him and some other folks that I know who are in the trades. And, and, um, and then, of course, like, you know, Jesus Christ is a carpenter. He's the mm-hmm. most famous carpenter of all. So it, that the, we're we're hoping to have him as a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, he's been looking to get into podcasts. Yeah, I think um, I think there may yeah. be money to be made there. I'd say so. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't think you can mention in in a song like that the word carpenter without evoking a, a somewhat more religious connotation, right? Um, and certainly as a tribute to your grandfather, you said, yeah, my grandfather. Uh, th- it all falls into place, yeah. and 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 there's a huge history of American sort of balladeers coming right out of the modernist movement of like John Steinbeck and James Agee and, and writers who took the time to describe the, the scenario and, and the story. And, mm-hmm. and that's what makes him, you know, I wouldn't say that he's a songwriter as much as a story weaver story because weaver. you, you mm-hmm. get an image in your head. You mm-hmm. know? So that's, you're, you're much more visual than, than just the, you know, the song itself. Yeah. Imagery has always been huge for me. Um, and I mean, I feel like a good song makes you feel like you're in a different place than you are. Sure. That's why you listen sure. to music, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Springsteen has built an entire career mm-hmm. of assuming the identity of these other characters and giving you their story. Right. Um, and, and I think that's why so many people can attach to music like that, because they can see themselves in that. And I could see people enjoying that song because they can make that connection. So. Yeah. And where do you get, um, is it always about family members or direct experiences or do you also write about things that you observe outside of yourself absolutely yeah it's not always about a lot of times I write fictitiously Mm -hmm. um that's harder to do and sometimes I have to realize that what I'm writing isn't personal and so it takes a step back sometimes other times it's it's fun and it's easy Mm -hmm. um especially with drinking songs and things like that I try to (laughs) just get as uh use as many hyperboles as possible sometimes um but uh, when it comes to things that sometimes the best songs are about the hardest things in life. And I've been very fortunate to not have had a very hard life. So writing songs that are about difficult times and difficulties uh, is usually, usually takes me writing something fictitious um, and just empathizing with, with a fictitious character. Or you may hear a story and... It sits in your head for weeks, I'd exactly. imagine, and then all of a sudden, a phrase will pop in your head, and you can use something that's real right. to then create a story. But the stories that great singer-songwriters sing about—they're really universal, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And and that that comes that goes all the way back to sort of the Woody Guthrie tradition oh, of, yeah. of singing about the characters and being a balladeer. So, so you got good stuff there, Sean. Thank you. So the, I think the last time I saw Sean perform, I don't remember if you were there, Diane. You were at the, um, the Stone Pony. Yeah, yeah, you were at that show. Yeah. That's right. And, you were shooting and, that show. And um, uh, who was the drummer that you have? He's good at everything. What's uh, his name? David Patino. Okay, I'm sure David's good at everything, but who yeah. am I thinking of? We had um, 
from the, from the we've had him show? on the show before he plays drums for a lot of bands full beard he fronts a bunch of bands full beard yeah hmm. I'm, the second i have my epiphany you'll be like oh yeah <laughs> i you know i hang out with him all the time oh who do we have that night well who have you all who else have you played with who's guitar and drummer and front man oh um well, we had Evan Fitzgerald playing with us on film. Yeah. Talk about Cran- you're not talking about Cranston Dean, are yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, oh you've played Cranston Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he didn't play with, with that us night. That. He played that oh, you know evening, what? though, right? Yeah, he did. He yeah, played yeah. that evening. He opened acoustically, and then he played. So Jackson Pines, yes. he's the drummer Jackson for Jackson Pines. Pines. Yeah, yeah. And they pulled uh, Alexander Simone and myself yes, and Danny Clinch yes. up. Um, and I have to tell you, and, and, and this is only because they, they have risen above in my head, so many other people. But to me, Cranston Dean, what he does, Sean, what you do, and, um, and uh, uh, the Jackson Pines, they're sort of interchangeable because I think you're all in the same ballpark almost, right? You, you're, you have that same, there's the same feeling tone to that. And I, and I get a sense that you all have played together at one point or another. And, oh, yeah. 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 So there's like a family yeah. there. Yeah, there's the storytelling component, but there's also, like uh, Sean and I were talking about, I said, I just don't know what your genre is. And he goes, neither do I. I mean, really, what influences, uh, you know, are you pulling from? Uh, Ah, so many. I mean, so many. I I grew up listening to everything from um, Irish trad to country to a lot of rock and roll. Um, And then once... I was able to go out and find my own music. You know, that was my parents' music. I, I just engulfed myself in, like, classic rock and punk rock and um, a lot of ska because I was a trumpet player. So I <laughs> okay. got real into Real Big Fish for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on top of that, then I went down the rabbit hole of country and folk. Uh, Avid Brothers were a big influence on me in, in college and... Um, and then the Mumford and Sons phenomenon and all of that. Sure. And what what music were your plan, were your parents playing when you were growing up? What was what was banging out on a Sunday morning when people were doing chores? So much Springsteen. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> so much Springsteen from um, from both my parents. And then um, on top of that, if we were on a long car drive, we would usually tune into whatever FM was playing um, Irish trap, like Irish music, mm-hmm. a lot of Wolf tones, a lot of Rebel music. Um, my family's Irish Catholic from Northern Ireland. But that also goes back to the Clancy Brothers. Yes, and that, Dubliners. And, and, that, yeah. Yeah. and, and that's very much um, storytelling, uh, especially, say, 100, 150 years ago, where traditions were passed down from parents to children because you know, they weren't going to clubs at night to entertain each other. There was the pub, and there were people playing. There was guitar and fiddle, and people were singing, mm-hmm. and, and that's... That's that history of passing down an oral history of a family or, or a tradition within a culture. Absolutely. Yeah. I still have, I have a whole box of sheet music from my uncle uh, who played banjo. And we also have his banjo as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like everyone in my family had a song, still has a song. Mm-hmm. And at family gatherings, like everyone gets up and sings their song. See, and- I, 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 I think more families should do that, that when they get together... Instead of arguing about politics, yes, there should be four or five core people who can play an instrument, and and people just should sit around a piano sing. and just yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's have a party and just invite people to sing. I was going to say, come to Thanksgiving, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's great. You know, what what could be more 
binding together as a family then having songs that are sung once a year and you look forward to that absolutely you know mm-hmm. family traditions are, are they're being lost because they take more than 15 seconds on a tiktok yeah. so <laughs> i know i think yeah. we should start a whole movement okay. i think we should become ludites uh, let's go <laughs> i'm there with you we may be the only uh, ludites with a podcast how's that <laughs> Or is it Luddites? How do you pronounce that? that? Get you some new interesting sponsors. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Might be Ludities. Yes. So so um, so we have some other new music as well that yeah. you just released, uh, Song for the End of the World and also the Old, old Magnolia. Yeah. Um, so they both just came out, mm-hmm. what, a couple months in between? Yeah, like a, a month and a half in between, okay. I'd say, yeah. Okay. And um, can you give us a little background story on both of those songs? And, um, sure. Especially a Song for the End of the World. You sent me kind of a write-up yeah. about where that came from. Yeah. Um, it's a comedy. Yes, yeah, right? exactly. It's always a comedy. Um, <laughs> it might be the alternate. Uh, so, song for the end of the world. Um, I wrote the day Russia entered Ukraine. Um, liter- quite literally, the first line of the song is, "So this is how it ends. This is how we go, sitting on the front porch with a dog and a radio." And that's exactly what I was doing <laughs> when I wrote that line. Um, and uh, it, it's a very dismal outlook on. Um, the way humanity is going, um, you know, it can't always be as positive as I try to be in most of my songs. Sometimes, you know, the the negative voice in your head gets the better of you and you write a song like that where it's just, you can't say we didn't try. It's, <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all you got. As long as you don't cover We Didn't Start the Fire, uh, I think you're cool. Uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> take that off the album. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but... It was also, as dismal as the lyrics are, it was also the first song that I have a tempo change, um, which was fun for the band to record because we quite literally recorded to a, a, an ever-changing click track, um, which I was very impressed with the way the guys in the Boardwalk Fire were able to do that. Um, it was almost seamless. Mm-hmm. I think I was the only one who messed up. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been playing with that core group of uh, musicians? And, and tell us who they are. So, um, so we since the day the boardwalk lit on fire. Yeah. Uh, back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I started playing with David Patino and Jack Breslin in 2019 when we uh, started recording Dreams in Black Caffeine. That was the first EP we put out as a full band. Um, after quite a while after that, we brought Jake Garby. Uh, into the band to play guitar, banjo, um, a little bit of everything. Jake played everything. He's since moved to Japan. So, is, um, is why? Why? Uh, <laughs> he, I, he loves sushi. <laughs> no, he, uh, no, he, uh, do they serve sushi yeah. in Japan? I don't know. I've yeah. never been there. I mean, <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm gonna have to take your word for um, it. So, no, he's uh, he's teaching English in Japan. Oh, that's very yeah. cool. And he's a big surfer too, so he's he's uh, you know endless summer over there. I I know nothing about the wave content in Japan. I but. think he actually got landlocked, which is very ironic. For him. <laughs> oh wow! But he's got a car, so I think he'll find the ocean. I've, I've had friends move to Japan to teach, but generally uh, to get out of legal trouble here. In the oh, <laughs> That'll do it. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I don't know. He was a quiet kid. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet it's, ones it's are the, the troubled it's, ones. It's those, uh, gotta those, be careful of quiet ones. Those yeah. compounds that yeah. you have to worry about. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so Jake joined the band. He was with us for a few years. Uh, he played lead on, uh, the ghosts of the arcade album. 
uh, as well as St. Patrick's Day Forever, that whole EP. He was playing banjo and accordion, and he's just super versatile. Um, and on top of that, we have a fiddle player named Sean David Cunningham, who uh, I met through Jack Breslin, our bassist, um, who is absolutely incredible. Uh, brings every show to the next level. And, mm-hmm. and all these guys are just a pleasure to be around, too. So, like, they're my friends first and then uh, bandmates second, I'd say. And uh, having lived on the road with them a few times now, uh, I can say that we've been through uh, hell and back together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also think that the interesting thing about folk music, particularly, say, uh, like, bluegrass or, like, uh, Kentucky southern music, there's a tradition of songs of Frankie and Johnny songs where the boyfriend takes uh, Johnny takes Frankie to the edge of the river and kills his girlfriend, buries her. But there's a fiddle on that. And those songs, even the depressing ones sound so damn happy when that fiddle comes in. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Tragic tales with a happy melody. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, you, you know, you could be singing about your dogs dying and there's no work, but that fiddle comes in and and you're like, well, maybe there's a little bit of hope. I know. She's got to throw it in a minor key, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's amazing that he found a banjo player, a fiddle player, you know, someone who plays the double bass. I mean, you know, when you're you're in Asbury Park, everyone's looking for drummer, bass player, you know, like uh, electric bass player, guitar player. Like, you know, you guys, like, found each other. Like, how? Just through each, you know, through connections, mutual connections? Uh, Just... uh... I went to all four corners of New Jersey to find these guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Seriously? Yeah, for real. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave's from Sussex County, like uh, western New Jersey, northwestern New Jersey. Um, Jack and Sean David live in Hudson County, uh, right near New York City, for those who don't know Hudson County. Um, and then Jake is a Monmouth County guy, so we would all just kind of meet in the middle. We'd, we'd go to uh, Jack's studio in mm-hmm. Hudson County, nonlinear knitting studio. And um, we would practice there. And... I just got lucky that they were willing to come down and play shows here. And, and I would go up. I We would play shows in Jersey City. Um, I've played a couple at Stanhope House, which was right across the street from Dave's old uh, studio. Um, but it, it just, it was very synchronistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's good stuff. I've, I've been Stanhope House a few times. It's very yeah. hard to find if Last you don't Road live House. near it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Last Roadhouse in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's purple now. They painted it purple. I haven't been there in, in many years, yeah. if only because getting there is just so much work. Driving oh, yeah. to Sussex County is it's it's like going to a different country if yep. you're yeah. from you know Central Jersey. Yes. It's a whole different world. Very different world. And they lost their minor league team a few years ago. So it's Who's not their mi- was it the Hornets or something? Uh, I think they had the Cardinals. Cardinals. They they played not too far uh from that round car hop. Okay, got you. And yeah. that's turned into a Wawa. They they finally the, the car hop I've been went to the belly Wawa. Up. Yeah, I've been to that Wawa. <laughs> but that that car hop was like the coolest place to go if you'd go up to the Sussex County Fair to see the world's largest butter cow. That, you know, you'd stop at the car hop for a burger and fries. That sounds like a day. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. you've never seen the world's largest butter cow. I have not. You have not lived. I've I've got to add it to my. You're a list. butter cow virgin. I am a butter cow virgin. <laughs> I can proudly say I'm a butter cow. No, virgin. years ago, my friends and I we went to the Sussex County Fair. We saw the world's largest butter cow. We saw an albino, uh, gigantic snake, and then there were like a bunch of bands from the '50s playing in the tent except that it was the same band on stage and then like the bass player from some band in the 50s or 60s would come out as the only surviving member and they'd do a couple of songs like that so that's cool 
Well, that's what a county fair is supposed to be. Yeah. You know, albino snakes and 50s. Pig races butter and yeah. butter cows. Oh, the butter cow is, re- I mean, it's huge. It's is a it huge really? cow made out of butter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was a cow that made butter. I thought it was like a real Yeah, I was cow. a little confused. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a full size cow made out of butter. It's a butter cow. Interesting. Salted or not salted? <laughs> I can't say that I've licked the butter okay. cow, but could I ask? I mean, we're all yeah. adults here yes. between the three of us yes. and my wife, Janice, in the corner. So there's a, there's about 48,000 worth of college credits. Yeah. Did you really think a cow could just produce butter? Well, I mean, so there's, there's dairy cows, right? the color of the cow. That's what, I, that's where I was oh, no, going it, it's a cow butter cow. Like I was thinking of like, like <laughs> butter. There's dairy cow. I thought maybe there was like a cow that was just, the dairy was specifically for butter. And, know. and you know, yeah. brown cows make chocolate milk. Yeah. So. Well, that's a, that's a fact. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a fact. Those are known as Hershey cows. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. How did we get on the topic of cows? Well, this is what I came here to talk about. I know. Yeah. I know. This is very important. Because I have a, do, a backlog we, of nonsense in my How do head. we transition from that to old Magnolia? <laughs> well, just say, hey, so tell us about old Magnolia. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> um... <laughs> well, let me ask you, let's get yeah. it back. To, how many releases have you and the band or you and the band and you solo? How many releases have you put out over the years? So total, I have out, um, let me count real quick in my head, uh, three full-length albums, and I think I'm correct in saying three EPs mm-hmm. as well. So this will be my seventh uh, release. Wow. And and tours, you've been around the country or just local or uh, how have you done that? I've been around the country. Um, I haven't gone west of the Mississippi, but I will be going west of the Mississippi um, this September. Um, With the band or is no, there solo. something new in the um, works? So just solo. I'm playing, uh, I'm playing in Anaheim, California with okay. some friends of mine, uh, a band called Ralph. Oh, wow. They're a rock band um, based all over the country. They, I met them uh, via Frank Turner's Lost Evenings Festival and um, and just being Frank Turner fans in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be playing prior to the Frank Turner uh, Lost Evenings Fest in, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Um, so I'll be going to that for a couple of nights too. And are you to, the vocalist or what? No, so I'll, I'll be playing just acoustic prior to that. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. In, I'm not in Ralph. Oh, I thought um, you were actually yeah. playing with them. No, okay, yeah, gotcha. no, they'll, yeah, they'll be playing after me, and I'll be drinking beer while they play. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I, yeah. No. Yeah. I've I've, uh, I've only been to California um, once before. I was right when I was driving cross country, and then a couple layovers at LAX. So mm-hmm. this will be a fun fun getaway. That's great. Yeah. So you dropped a bomb on me when uh, before we hit record that uh, you have a move coming up. What's yes. going on? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so um, within the last month or so, my wife and I decided that we're moving to Nashville come fall 2023. Or, yeah, fall 2023. So within the next month and a half, mm-hmm. we'll be down in Nashville. I know it's very hard to find another place to compete with living in New Jersey, but... What was it about Nashville that you and your uh, spouse decided that that's where you needed to be? So we both work in the service industry currently, so we won't have any um, lack of places to work mm-hmm. down there. Um, on top of that, uh, a little bit more open space and 
the biggest reason, of course, is that it's Music City. So it is a big yeah, music town. It's, yeah. I mean, the next question, I don't know how we ask it, not ask it, but how did the fire of the boardwalk take the news that uh, you've come to uh, bend in the road? They left me first, man. They, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Jake's in Japan. Oh, okay. Uh, so Jack, my bass player, and Sean David, the fiddle player, are... Um, uh, tentatively going to be overseas for the foreseeable future. Wow. Okay. Um, playing with a, a project that I can't speak about because it's contractual and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my drummer, Dave, uh, is doing van life with his wife. They got a, a Winnebago and they are... Will they be posting on YouTube their adventures across the country? I don't think they're as public as most of these uh, up-and-coming I keep I keep track of some of these van people as yeah. they... You know. It's, it's fun cool. to watch, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I could pee in the woods that often, but I guess <laughs> if that's the worst thing you have to do. Yeah, they showed me pictures of this van that they got. I don't think they're going to What they the do woods. to some of these, you know, Ford Econo lines is really quite amazing. Yeah. yeah, it is. I know. It's crossed my mind, too, but same thing. I, I need a shower, you know. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like all the arrows pointed to this moment, and you had to decide, do you retool and create a new version of the band, or do you, re, you know, put a bend in the road and put a new story on them exactly the, yeah. yeah and i i went with the latter obviously mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm hoping to uh to get down there do some songwriting maybe some co-writing and just uh start meeting some new faces and and see some some new places well it'll certainly be to the detriment of the music That's, scene in uh, yes, Park. for sure well, i'll Absolutely. be back I, I won't thank you for that but i i uh you well jeff linden is, is left for philadelphia and and, and he's an incredibly talented yes, guy is, everybody's yeah. heading out it's probably harder to get uh jeff back from philadelphia than it will be to get me back from tennessee <laughs> he does have family here yeah. Sean does, so <laughs> yeah. he, you know mom's not gonna let him go too far without a visit exactly. <laughs> for too long yeah. Maybe they're already planning Christmas down there. I was like, I don't. They're all coming down yet. Oh wow! I couldn't imagine having to plan to move like my entire life like that. I guess it worked out that your wife said yes because if she didn't want to do that, that may make it a little awkward. That was uh, step number one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But she was more gung gung ho than I was. I think. Um, Well, there's a lot of exciting things about as exhausting and overwhelming as it is. It's a very exciting time. So especially going to Nashville. Yes. Have you been there? No, I was just uh, telling him I'm going to take my mom there uh, in March of next year. For her 80th birthday. Is that where they, people give you beads to put around your neck if you behave that's, inappropriately? That's in New Orleans. Okay. And that's not if you behave inappropriately. That's if you want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you, I, yeah, I, you, I don't leave Jersey too often, if ever. I so love I've New Orleans, but I've heard that Nashville is even more amazing. So yeah, I've not been to New Orleans, yeah. yeah. How far is Elvis's house from there? Memphis. That's, uh, I think, four or five hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, straight west. Next time I visit Elvis, I'll come by. And see. Yeah, come on by. You know what you would love in um, in New Orleans is Jazz Fest. Oh, yeah? If you ever get a chance to go to Jazz Fest, it's incredible. Ian Gray goes down there for that, I know, Does right? Does he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, from Ocean Avenue mm-hmm. Stompers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be misspoken, but I'm pretty sure he goes I could definitely see, yeah, see him going to that yeah. for sure. But, uh, the people who enjoy your live performance here in this area, as this news has leaked out, what, what has their response been other than some disappointment that you're not going to be around? Um, most of it has been... Are you going to play before you leave? Ah. Yeah. 
And I guess we should ask that. I was just going to say, is there going to be a big show before you uh, yeah, head uh, west? Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll be doing one last show. I've got the band coming back from all four corners of the wow. earth. Do we have um, a date and info for that yet? Uh, October 2nd at Asbury Lanes. Okay. It's a Monday night. Um, I have some friends coming up from Richmond, Virginia. Um, Last Real Circus, uh, Jason Farlow and the Last Real Circus, friends of mine from Richmond, and uh, Abe Abraham. He's a songwriter for the Lumineers. He'll be coming up uh, as well. It's a, I believe it's a five-act bill that we'll actually be putting together. Um, so that'll be a good night. Well, for sure. put us yeah. for uh, photography and we'll yeah, document that. I, I wouldn't miss that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, we haven't... Uh, we haven't gotten all the details out just yet, so uh, you guys are the first to know. Oh, ah, exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Super excited for that. Yeah, yeah, it should be a good time. It will be. Excited and sad, I have to I say. I know. That's, that's all I, mixed emotions. I, right? I, I was talking to Sean before we uh, hit record, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I've known you, but we don't know each other well. We don't hang with each other. Right. But I know Sean, I've seen him perform many times and you feel like a little piece of you is like, you know, broken when someone who is important to a community and that you really enjoy their music moves away. It's, you know, the music grabs you. I'm happy for you, um, but just also a little sad, I have to say. Yeah. But I think in in seeing some of the, the people who are sort of looking back at their life and what they want to do. This is also a very trans transitory time in Asbury park, you know, with, with, uh, with the St. Not opening back up. Mm -hmm. I think we're really missing a, a wonderfully independent venue where you must've played dozens of times. Many, many times. Um, and not that it's bad. Everything changes. Things are growing, but it's, it's a different town for local musicians than it was say pre COVID. And I have to say, well, I was just going to say, I think it's like that. In many, many places, yeah. because ever since COVID, everything has just been in transition phase. Um, but and, and again, one of, the, you know, the opposite of that is the excitement of trying something new. And well, one um, of the things seeing, we've told everybody that comes through here is at some point, get away from the Asbury bubble. Yes. It's very easy to be Asbury famous and completely unknown 15 minutes from here. And, and if you really want to test your wear, you got to get out of town so you can come back a hero. Yeah, I don't know if I'll come back again, but I'll come back. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah. So what do we have on the horizon as far as... Uh, we, we started to talk about old, old Magnolia, but then we didn't really quite get there. And we went to the dairy cow. And yes, we went to the, yes. the butter cow. Well, yeah, how do you not? We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you could tell us a little bit about Old Magnolia, and then I know you have some more yeah. music coming out, as you know, we just heard. Right. Um, yeah, so Old Magnolia was the second single I released, um, kind of teasing what is a full-length album mm-hmm. um old magnolia is a, a love song from that album um one i wrote for my wife uh, and one that really encapsulates all the instruments that will be on this full-length album um that said this is definitely uh, an acoustic album a folk album um more so than my past few um and it just so happened that I, I was recording it while the band was, was moving from place to place to place. And um, it's called Hands Like Mine. It'll be out November 10th, and I'll be releasing singles uh, just about every five weeks uh, up until that point, the next of which is that song that I played at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Hail the Carpenter. And, um, and then I have two more singles prior to the, the album coming out, so... When you're writing songs for a, 
a say more laid back or more acoustic, more analog album than sort of a rock band album. How is your thinking different in the way you put the song together in your head before you introduce it to the people that are going to play on the track with you? So I wouldn't say that I think about that um, per se. I, I So the songs that I write that end up being rock songs, I, I usually write on acoustic guitar as well. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of the energy that's behind it and, and wondering and thinking to myself, like, do I hear a drum kit here? Do I? And I usually sit with um, with my band and and noodle yeah well yeah and ask for their opinions like Mm -hmm. do do you hear yourself on this song and for most of these songs everyone said no i think this is all they're honest enough to say i don't have a part on this yes yeah i Um, think it's great too that you right from the very beginning involve them in that conversation oh yeah well i i appreciate their opinions more Mm -hmm. than my own um because if if i only took my own it wouldn't it would just be the voice memo on my phone from the beginning you know um note to self no band on this track yeah right. <laughs> yeah. um yeah so so i think that their opinions uh taken to mind i i just slowly realized that it was uh, an acoustic not an acoustic album but a folk album mm-hmm. um with a few acoustic songs sure yeah so seven releases a few hundred gigs played with many many people and you've been in this sort of business for a while now how have you changed as a songwriter from the first time you got on stage to what you're doing now i think i'm less selfish in my songwriting um in the in the literal sense of most of my songs aren't about me anymore Mm -hmm. um i think i've written all my what was me songs for the most part hopefully hopefully i have no more what was me songs (laughs) because i don't want any more woe um so with that in mind, I'm, I'm writing more for for the listener than I am for myself. And I know that most people say, oh, I write for myself first. And and I write music that I want to listen to, that mm-hmm. I think sounds good. But at the same time, I'm writing for the person who's listening to it because I want them to enjoy it. And I want them to feel something from it and maybe um, feel better in some way if they need that. Are, are there any tunes that you wrote years ago that you don't feel connected to anymore. So many. And, and, and conversely, yeah. are there songs that you wrote a few years ago that have a new meaning now that you're a little older and have a relationship and have grown up a little bit? And, and can you give us any example of either? Um, so my first album was called This Midnight. And I put that out uh, in 2018. And there are so many songs on that album that... I think are phenomenal, but I would do completely different now mm-hmm. um, that have taken on new meaning for me. Uh, the door is one that I still play acoustically every now and then. How, how, what, what is different about it now than it was 10, say 10 years ago or whenever you wrote it? So I wrote it when I was a sophomore in college. Okay. I was 19 years old and it's a song about like leaving and change. And, and now as a 28 year old man, um, and I mean, I've just, I don't know, you go go through so much in five-year spans um, that the the way I play it now, there's so much more that I think about in terms of people I've lost and um, people I've met and, and places I've gone um, and the things you learn along the way. Do you find that the audience responds to it differently because you perform it differently now? I don't think so. Um I I I wish I hope so, mm. but uh, for the most part, I've never really played it any different. Mm-hmm. I've always put 
all of myself in, into the performance, whatever all of myself was at the time. Mm-hmm. I like to think that I'm a better performer now than I was when I was 19. Um, but at the same time, um, I do think that there might be a little more power behind my words now. Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel like you sing it with more conviction? I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I try to anyway. Mm-hmm. I definitely have more conv- like you know I've I've got something more to say now. Are there are so. there any songs from back then that you really don't like to perform anymore? Yeah, there's a few that I don't at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song called "Take It Away" that I just um, I don't associate with really. That some of the, some of the words in that song, I'm just like, ah, oh, that's as the kids say, cringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I just uh, steer clear of that one. Even the chord progressions in that song are, are not something I would do these days. Um, it's kind of cool, though, that you could just see your growth. You know, you're observing you know, how, what you've, how you've changed as, as an artist. And um, it's kind of like what, what we do as women, like back in the day when we got married a long time ago. Remember, Jen? And we look at the dresses and everything that we wore back then, and we're like, oh, I would do it so differently nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> she loves the yeah. 80s clothes. It's coming back. Like all my Laura Ashley and like this like ultimately crazy preppy clothing. She takes it to school with her. I'm like, really? It's coming back. See, I've, I've had a different experience with the, our two boys uh, who are 27 and 25. They took my dock boots. One of them took my turntable. They took my boots. They took a guitar. They took an amp. They like some of my old shirts. Sam took all of my old flannel. I mean, I don't fit in any of that anymore, but I mean. Flannel will never die. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I tried to. Uh, Diane was making fun of the fact that I've worn black every day for 17 years now. But for the most color. part, I've dressed the same since middle school. Yeah. You know, see, for us, I don't know about the way you guys lived. Yeah. And I'd love to hear about you growing up, Sean. Going to Sears twice a year was as close to a religious experience as you were going to have in our house. You got one pair of jeans couple of t-shirts your mom picked out your underwear because you were too embarrassed to talk about it and, and that was good that was living for us going to sears was big it was like a big day for us Sears and roebuck yep yeah i don't know i uh my mom dressed me until about second grade in all gap clothing <laughs> and yeah yep i'll get and then uh <laughs> yeah and then one day i got made fun of for wearing a gap sweater and not uh, whatever the brand was. Abercr- everything became Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, yeah. so not for us. For yeah. uh, Brielle, I grew up in Brielle, Manasquan High School. It was all surf brands. Oh, okay. Yeah, so everything had to be bought from Inlet Outlet in Manasquan. Oh, jeez. And all of a sudden, it was just Quicksilver and, and uh, uh, what was big then? DC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all the yellow skate stuff. All, and I didn't skateboard. I was a fat kid. Like, I could not <laughs> I, like I could not skateboard for my life, um, nor surf. But, um, but I wore the brands because I did not want to get made fun of for wearing Gap clothing anymore. <laughs> um, and God bless my mom for, for allowing me. No, I remember when Gap, it, it was like yeah. almost overnight, yeah. Gap fell out of favor. Yeah, it was like someone just all decided that it was not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, the, the letters Gap, Yes. Became associated with yes. a, a, a not pleasant way to think of people's choices. Yes. And you can't blame a 12 year old kid for not wanting, for not wanting to be 
ostracized. Right. You know. Yeah. So I can understand. Yeah. But I'm, I'm telling you truthfully, I'll dress the same way in 10 years from now. And I wasn't making fun of you. Well, you weren't making <laughs> oh, fun no. of me. <laughs> I was joking. This is, this is it. The day I discovered that, that black was, was like working and mm-hmm. no one said anything about, you know, black clothing. All my That's t-shirts funny. are black. My, Amanda, my wife, makes fun of me all the time. No, I've I got <laughs> yeah. hundreds of black t-shirts. All of them. And none of them have logos. I don't yeah. generally wear things with logos. I, I don't mind. This, is, this yeah. is what you see is what you get. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Hank Moody. You're Hank Moody over there. Yeah. I have no idea who it is, but I'll look Californication? that Californication? Huh? <laughs> right. yeah. Okay. Well, this is it, Diane. <laughs> so, so we have... Um, Old Magnolia, we were talking about Song for the End of the World. Now, your new album is coming out, you said, on um, November 10th. Yes. Um, Hands Like Mine. Hands Like Mine, yes. But you also said something to me earlier about a live album as mm-hmm. well. Oh, how exciting. Yes. So, um, so I, uh, if you remember, North to Shore mm-hmm. uh, came to Asbury Park in June, mm-hmm. I believe, of this year, 2023. Mm-hmm. And um, I played a set at my beloved Kim Marie's on Kingsley and recorded the entire thing. Um, I played two hours straight and played 30 songs. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Um, And recorded all of them. And I will be putting, I think 23 out because seven of them, I just just demolished lyrically (laughs) or now do you do you go back and uh, do you bring that into the multi-track studio and clean it up a little bit or is what got recorded is what we're going to hear? We have what got recorded is what you're going to. So my, my buddy, Mike, who's on, um, who runs, uh, uh, the latest noise, which is just a, a music community. He does a lot of, um, he does some podcasting. He does some uh, photography write-ups, uh, just general help for DIY musicians. Mm-hmm. He recorded the show. He did all the sound, so he mixed everything right then and there and then just took all of that as well as a, uh, a live mic that we hung in one of the chandeliers. Oh, great. In Kimberly's, a <laughs> uh, room mic, I should say. Um, so if you, were, if you were talking smack at Kimberly's in June, I, we, we heard it. No one was. Um, but uh, so he mixed all that together in post and, and sent me the recordings no more than a week later. And um, they're fun. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're fun. So I'm excited. For, I'm really excited. For now, that. will we see that in early next year or is that something that could come out sooner? I think early 2024. Excellent. Um, it's almost becoming a tradition at this point now because I had um, the Stone Pony EP come out in January of 23 and. Um, so I feel like maybe January every year, it's just going to have to be a little live, a little live something. I, I got to tell you, it's lo- as long as they're recorded well, a right. good live track, because then you hear what the artist is doing. There's no trickery. There's no studio magic. It, it right. is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. you're live in um, Asbury Park that you have, uh, you know, on Spotify right now. I love listening, not as, um, I love listening to your little vignettes in between each song, like the stories that you tell just as much as I like hearing the songs right yeah I'm, I, there's some of that too mm-hmm. there's some rambling especially toward the end of the, the set <laughs> two hours because yeah as you're running out of gas running out of gas and and uh you have the jameson the jameson <laughs> continues to, to flow yeah um it's funny you can like hear hear the uh the slurring yes yeah. uh, i don't know if i slurred but uh you can definitely hear the uh the progression of things oh that's <laughs> wonderful yeah well Di, i don't know about you but i'd like to hear another song I, I want to hear would. a song. All right. I would if, this, if he has it in Do you have yeah. another song in you? I got another song. All right, song. give us another tune. You want a new one or an old one? I want an old one done in a new voice. 
Sounds good to yeah. me. All right. I can't even memorize my street address. I don't know how these musicians remember lyrics and chords either. from years ago. No. And the guy see. has seven albums. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. a lot of songs to remember. I, I'm actually the opposite of a savant. <laughs> I can't remember anything. Sean Tobin. So this one's called Good Days. It's off East Coast Artifacts. It's usually very rock and roll. Middle of this river town Back when what's lost had just been found Spend our days just riding around our pavement playground. That old church parking lot is where we go to sit around, drink the beer that I have brought, disguising my old tackle box. The good days are always gone. guitar solo here but when I play it acoustically I like to tell a story that um so there's the line uh, uh drink the beer that I had brought disguised in my old tackle box and I don't know if stop me if I told you this story before but um so when I was not 21 uh my friends and I would go to parties around town like I said I grew up in Brielle and we would ride our bikes to get to the parties and we would typically put adult beverages in backpacks to get the beverages to said parties and local police discovered that no kid had a backpack full of books on a Saturday night 
so they started pulling us over if they would see us after, you know, after sundown with a backpack on a Saturday. And then they'd look in the backpack, take the backpack, tell our parents. So we got smart, and we we decided that uh, it might be a good decision to take a tackle box and fill that with adult beverages instead. Maybe take a fishing rod because you know, kid can go fishing at night. That's where the best fishing is. And it worked for quite a while. Short talk, boardwalk. It's where we'd always go to clear our heads, get empty, and talk to me. Poetry is sickness that's been set Difference from all those years ago I hope this finds you well You know I'm trying for the radio I still pick up the telephone Most days go by and I feel fine Sometimes this old mind of mine Can make me wish for better times A tackle box of Miller Lite The good days They're always gone Could write a book With everything we've done Black and white to gray, and then they're gone. From black and white to gray, and then they're gone. I don't know if anyone's mentioned Lovely. this to you, but I think Brian Fallon has been ripping you off, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. I don't. I don't know what we could do after that. No. I, I mean, it, it, it's, that's got to be in the top three performances we've had in this oh, room since we've started. Easily, this. easily. And yeah. one thing I'm noticing too is not only are you the storyteller within the song, but then around the song, how you how you weave in those stories of your life as well. A lot of times, people will play. Musicians will play. Um, song to song to song and really won't stop and talk in between but you seem to really enjoy that to I share I do yeah I, well I like having a conversation as you can see <laughs> <laughs> so. but on stage it's a little different here you're, you're across the table from us but on stage you're performing and does it feel a little less natural when you're telling a story to a, a, a room full of people um, it doesn't because mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't seem like it the way you talk to audiences I've seen you do that yeah. and the way you're talking here it looks like you just want to it seems like you just want to share a piece of you yeah it, that's exactly thank you but yeah. I, I think that's also I'm sure that at 19 he couldn't have pulled off the same performance well, we, yeah. it's a confidence it's the fact that he's probably played the song about 400 times but what you also hear behind that is 
I guarantee you, he was thinking about the friends that he wrote down. I mean, I was thinking about the times my friends and I would drive into upstate New York when the drinking age was lower, and we'd buy Genesee cream ale nips, and we'd drink them in the woods. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd have to not have a soul to not feel moved by a tune like that. Absolutely. So we're just... We're just fanning out oh, here. Wax poetic here about Sean Tobin. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for that October I'm 2nd sad that he's show, moving. but I don't I, want I him wanna, to move. I want to hang out with him now. I know. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get a beer somewhere after this. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, I have trivia tonight, so I can't help you. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, thank you very much for stopping by and sharing all of this with us. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Sean, you'll be missed. Forward. You yes. better keep in touch. Yes. You know I will. Sean... You have a gift that most don't have, and I wish you well, and I wish you success, uh, and the kind of success where at night you don't feel like you've given away your soul. You uh, you have something to say, and I can't say that about everybody we've no. met in this life. Very, very true. No, I couldn't say that any better. Yeah. Well, Diane, I think this brings us to the end of our, I don't know what number of podcasts this is. we're like, yeah, we're getting up to like 157-ish. I know. <laughs> I'd say let's have a party and invite Sean, but we'd have to go to New Orleans. Or no, no I'm Nashville. sorry, Nashville. Well, you know, maybe one day we will go to Nashville. Oh, we should take and... the podcast on the road. Oh my gosh, that would be great. I'm let's there. Get, let's get a, an RV. <laughs> It'd be you. I, I don't know about you, but Jen has no interest in sleeping in anything that has got four wheels. I actually don't either. But you know what? It sounded good in theory. In We're going to come visit you. We're come, visit. come on down. Sean, best of luck to you and your wife and your endeavors. Yes. And, and uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you, guys. Thank right. you. Take care.